Wing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we are back in the Degrassi Next Generation mini-episode archive. We are at part three of going through these mini-episodes. Yep. <laughs> so we're about 15th of the way through. <laughs> I, I really didn't realize how many of these mini-episodes there were. I mean, the, the, I think they just like, just keep the camera rolling, stay the lines. All right, kids, let's move on. Um, oh, it's wild. I mean, you could kind of tell, though. I feel like they're very, like, I, I don't see these taking more than, like, two takes. Because it's, like, even, like, the strongest actors in these, in these episodes, which, honestly, I would argue these mini-episodes feature some of the strongest actors on the show. Like, they're just like, okay, like, we'll just go. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so up first is Man in the Mirror. Yup. So they took this title very literally, uh, because the first few minutes of this episode includes Jimmy rehearsing talking to Ellie in a mirror. Honestly, like, I have started doing this thing every morning where I will put my my camera phone on my camera phone my camera in, on s- selfie mode, and I will say good morning to myself. Oh, that's really cute. Um, and it actually does help improve my day. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. I love that. Um, I'm not. Th- I got this from somebody on TikTok, so it's not my own thing. But like, it does work. Like, um, you know, it's just nice to start the day with a little bit of positivity. Um, but like. Jimmy is rehearsing his lines, and honestly, like, I feel like this is, for me, kind of, like, another, um, another, like, uh, what's the word, like, not underhanded, but, like, uh, like, you know, when, when, they're gonna do something, but they do go somewhere else with it. What is that? Fuck. Okay, well, it's it, it's like Paige, where like yeah. pa- Paige is supposed to be the mean girl, but she's actually like really nice to her underclassmen. Like Jimmy is, for all intents and purposes, our jock kind of playboy kind of mm-hmm. thing, but he's actually kind and sensitive and nervous around girls. Right. Right. He and also like there is this very real thing where like Jimmy and I do like that this episode tried to address it where Jimmy has just interest wise things have shifted since his injury. He he now is exploring the artistic side of him. He he genuinely loves art. He genuinely is interested in it. And for him and this becomes very obvious because Ellie comes in and is like, oh, I'm so sorry about your breakup with Hazel. Like, I'm so sorry that this happened, blah, 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 blah. For Jimmy, in many ways, like, he couldn't connect to Hazel anymore. And he wants to connect with somebody who understands art and who understands, like, that side of the world. And for him, it's in many ways, like, him moving on in, in, in to a certain extent. Yeah. Um... And, like, um, Jimmy, like, I think Ellie has an inkling. Like, Ellie's not dumb. I think Ellie has an inkling of what's going on between yeah, the two of them. Yeah, I think Ellie's fuck with this stuff. Um, and, like, she, like, she drops a symbol and it kind of collides on the ground. She's like, oh, this, I'm such a klutz. Like, 
you know, and these are so expensive. And Jimmy's like, I can handle it. I can pay for it. Yep. And she's like, that's not the point. Like, and he's like, you're not a klutz. You're perfect. Right. Right. And I, I really like this exchange because I feel like there is this implication I don't know, I really, I, I like it because I feel like the, you know, I, I break everything line, I feel like with Ellie, whenever she kind of brings up that kind of stuff, there is always that layer of, like, I ruin everything for myself, along with I ruin this specific symbol, this specific moment. Um, I think that Ellie... Ellie is one of those people where, and I think this is very real, and I, I think this is why I connect a lot with Ellie, where it's like, she has gifts, and she has talents, and she has so much that she can have to offer, but she doesn't have a very high self-esteem. Like, it's one of those things where it's simultaneously like, I'm going to do the best, I'm going to be the best, but I don't actually believe I'm the best. Yeah. And I feel like that happens often with Ellie, where there is always this for all intents and purposes, she is very good at what she does. Maybe she's not the best percussionist, but she fucking tries. And and she will still kind of look down on herself. And it's... They don't really go into this mostly. This this is definitely more of a headcanon type of thing. But I think you really see this, this temptation to kind of self-sabotage often with her. Yeah. Um... And well, that leads me to a question. Do you think <laughs> that Ellie might have at one point reciprocated Jimmy's crush, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't want to ruin my friendship with him. I, I always read it as that potentially personally. I, I always read it as, I like this person. I'm really close with this person. I think maybe, you know, because I think that happens a lot in high school, right? Because you have such a limited pool of people you are dating with, like your dating potential. That I think that, and maybe this is also me, but like I feel like as a high schooler especially, and even as an adult to a certain extent, I humor myself in imagining what would it be like to date certain friends. Um mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that was entertained by Ellie. I could see that being entertained by Ellie. I I would I would subscribe to the idea that maybe that was potentially on the table in her mind and then she kind of went, mm, "No, this is not quite right or this is not quite the right time or this is not quite the person that I need right now." Yeah. Um, which I think is really valid too, right? Like it's valid to be I always got that kind of vibe that they worked really well together and they enjoy each other, but like it wasn't quite the right timeline, especially because it's like she is getting along really well with Jimmy, but her heart, he's saying that like her heart was with Craig because like, I don't think Craig was really the right person, but like she in that moment thought her feelings were really with Craig. The, uh, um, when discussing the, uh, the Jim Pam romance. Uh, one of the writers said, "Like the heart wants what the heart wants. Like right. if she doesn't want Jimmy, she doesn't want Jimmy. If she wants Craig, that's fine. But Craig might still be the wrong person." Um, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's how I feel about it. It's kind of been my read on it. Like I think it might have been something like, "Do I have feelings for this person? I'm not really sure. I could see it working, 
And, you know, you could still, it's also one of those things where, like, being flirty doesn't inherently mean you think you're going to date that person, right? You can be flirty. You can be super fucking flirty with someone, um, and you can have a really good rapport with that person, but you can still be like, I'm not necessarily interested in dating this person. Yeah. Um, one of my, actually, one of my favorite, uh, like, examples of that, where they actually play it to the full extent, is the show Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. where the, the main guy has a very large crush on his commanding officer, and they have some back and forth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one day they just sit down and they talk about it like adults. Ooh, that's, a, that's a game changer. I like that. And they're just like, I this isn't going to happen, but, like, we can still be intimate, like, friends and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's just... And they and they just continue like there's no more like there's no drama of it after that it's just like these two are just super good friends. Right. Well, I think that happens sometimes because it's like it's also one of those things where we can talk a lot about how media and I don't know what came first. This could be a chicken or the egg kind kind of situation in the sense of like what did come first? Was it media that emphasized romantic relationship over friendship, or was it that you know? we we are we prioritize in our society or whatever you know we assume romantic relationships are greater than platonic relationships i think that it's very it's it's a very real experience of people in general to legitimately not really know how they feel about someone and to have those feelings kind of get crossed and like am i really fond of someone in a romantic way or in a platonic way um and I think that I wish they kind of put this more with the Ellie and Jimmy dynamic, but I, I think it's, like, a very real issue that you could kind of see happen in a friendship like that, where it's, like, there's also, like, the whole idea of, like, for Jimmy, Ellie is kind of a cornerstone, right? Like, Ellie is the embodiment of, I can explore art. It's okay to explore art. I can feel validated from it. And I think those feelings get crossed sometimes. I think that you you can meet someone and they teach you such an important lesson just by caring about you that I think that sometimes you're like, do I love this person? Do I care? Like, you know, is it a romantic love? Is it a platonic love? And sometimes you don't really know. Sometimes you don't know if you're in love with a person as in a romantic sense or you just really deeply care about this person and kind of what they have exposed you to because of your friendship. Okay. Yet another example, but this does feed into my point is I think, mm-hmm. I think the um, I think the the rise of the love triangle definitely has changed this conversation because yeah. it's just like you know you're having two people compete for one other person, yes, um, and whoever loses is going to essentially become the friend, so yeah. therefore friendship is second place. Um, yes, I, I agree. I, I'm entirely agreeing with what you're saying right now. And um, I, to quote the, um, to quote the softer, a softer world comic, second place isn't so bad. Like, right. Um, really not. And, well, that's and the thing my sister and I have always agreed on growing up is just like friendships are more important than romantic relationships because mm-hmm. like. I always feel like romantic relationships will come and go, but like a good friendship will be there forever. Right. Like, right. 
you know, and I I will tell my friends stuff I won't tell my romantic partner because my friends will be like, okay, like we have to keep this from them, and not like in a mean way, mm-hmm. but just like certain things you're scared to tell that person because like that relationship, like the romantic relationships often do feel much more like fragile than like a friendship. Right. Yeah, it's true though because it's like you put. And maybe this is society doing this, right? Maybe it's society that is is putting so much of an ef- emphasis on how a romantic relationship, you know, yields certain things and like certain. It's weird because I. It's like really weird in many ways because it's like romantic relationships are seen as a source of stability, but in many ways they are incredibly fragile. Like, I know in my experience, I felt the same way, too, with my romantic relationships, where they are so precarious. Like, it feels like one false move, one false, um, you know, one false uh, anything. Like, anything that is, like, it's like, oh, I'm afraid to give a certain side of myself because I might be seen as weird or I might be seen as too much or I might be seen as insufferable in happens in a romantic relationship but in a friendship it's like well fuck it like this is who i am and you know that and you embrace that and friendships are so important like i you know i don't feel like i should especially on a podcast talk about like some of the the shit i have been through but the reason why i have been able to stay present in in the world is because of friendships and i think it is there is something to be said about that lack of filter and i think that's also why people are also fearful of potentially pursuing romantic things like there is a fear of things changing and and i could see ellie and jimmy if they were to pursue a romantic relationship i could see things changing and and that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's doing anything wrong but i could definitely see how their relationship dynamic would potentially be jeopardized and there would be a fear and there would be like a fear of the performativity kind of of a romantic relationship yeah um and the um the example i was going to use was fruits basket for Mm. a good way to end a love triangle Mm -hmm. where like at a certain point you have um yuki say to taru i love you Mm-hmm. But he doesn't mean it as a, as, as a in a romantic way. Yeah. Um. And like at the end, like you know, all three of the people are still friends: Taru, Kyo, and Yuki. Like, well, I mean, like Yuki and Kyo are finally friends, and Taru <laughs> remains friends with both of them. Um. And it's just, yeah, it's good. It's real good. I love that series. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know at this point if I just hate love triangles because they're all over YA media and I read a lot of YA media and watch a lot of YA media, but I feel like if it's something that you can end up at the end of it and everyone has developed different fortified friendships and things like that, I think that's beautiful. I mean, I think they're hard to do well. It's hard to do well. It's, it's really hard. I think that in many ways, the people who could probably do it well don't want to write love triangles, especially because they've become such a trope. And I don't blame people. It's like the thing about being president, like the best qualified people for president don't want the job. Yup. Honestly, though, like I know this is like very dramatic. Like I know it's a bit dramatic, but like I 
I agree. I think that a lot of, especially a lot of like, I feel like a lot of like polyamorous people don't really want to touch the idea of a love triangle because they'd rather just write about polyamory. Meanwhile, I think a lot of them are probably more qualified than other people to talk about those types of feelings. Yeah. Well, I think also the other thing is about being a writer is like, you would find a different way to put drama into your book. Like, Stargate Atlantis had so much stuff going on in it that, like, once they, like, kind of quashed that, I'm like, all right, cool. Right. <laughs> like, we, have, we have shit to do. <laughs> like, right, exactly, exactly. We've gone so far off. I mean, I think we've been talking about the spirit of this whole entire thing. Um, because eventually Craig is like, oh, like, he walks in. And he's like, I could go. Because, like, Craig Craig seems pretty, like, okay with what is happening. Like, he, he seems pretty down for these two to explore their feelings. Um, and obviously that's not quite what happens. Ellie is pretty, like, uh, like, we gotta, we gotta stop this. Um... And they kind of just jump into rehearsal. Um, Marco is not there for probably because the actor is not available. Um, and they jump into rehearsal and all is not well, but, you know, the the situation is kind of qua- is kind of squashed between uh, Jimmy and Ellie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't really have that much else to say about it. Um, I think we are... yeah, yeah, after we took a very deep dive into, like, friendship and love triangles in media, like, yeah, we don't... Um, in my opinion. Um, Chronicle said Jay Hogarth. Big Mouth uh, strikes again. So, and, and like, uh, Darcy and Spinner are leaving Clown Academy... Um, Darcy is complaining that she can't believe JT thinks this was a good movie. Yeah. And, like, she's like, it was nothing but boobs and butts and stupid jokes. Mm-hmm. And um, Spinner's like, it's definitely going to win an Oscar, or at least an award for most farts in a movie. And Jay, um, Jay, like, laughs at them and basically just shit talks them. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh, you only found Jesus to get into Darcy's pants. And Darcy does nothing in this entire thing, but no. stand stand out of focus, rolling her eyes. Yeah. And, like, Spinner and Jay nearly fall to blows, and, like, Darcy's like, he's not worth it, and they walk away. Jay shouts a half-hearted apology after them. And, honestly, I could care less about the shit Jay and Spinner are arguing about, because it doesn't matter. It, you know, it, yeah. it's it's so stereotypical and general that it doesn't matter my thing is that once again jay is just standing there like we don't ever see jay doing anything he's just hanging out at the mall all day seemingly and just bothering high school students and i'm just like this 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 jay's life is so sad to me yeah like it really feels like it's just but I think it also speaks to, like, the fear um, that the writers have. And I think it's like, a lot of classism, honestly. Like, I feel like there's a lot of fear of actually exploring, like, what is it like to not just be, like, an affluent kid with a family structure? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, ultimately, that's what most of the main characters have. 
anytime they've remotely tried to write a character who doesn't have that kind of relationship dynamic um, with their family, they just kind of really skirted around or like they've gone into like a lot of stereotypes. And it just really feels like, it feels like there could have been a story for Jay. Like it feels like his perspective, while it probably would have been a difficult sell in any timeline, um, whether it's, you know, back when these episodes were coming out or now, I do think that there is something worth talking about, about like not really wanting to have the structure of school, but once you lose it, what the fuck do you do? Who the fuck do you talk to? Like, what do you do when your your ex-girlfriend has decided to not spend time with you? What do you do when you don't, when you've lost your best friend? Um, and I think that the mini episodes are trying to compensate for this. I think they're really trying hard to like, within the time frame and within the the vibe of these things, I think they're trying really hard to um, fulfill the the missing links that have happened within the show itself regarding Jay. But it, it just feels like it, I, I don't know, like I, I would have liked to see more of this and I would have liked to see it done with more sensitivity than the mini episodes can really provide. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just not a whole lot here. Like, no, no, there isn't. There isn't, and I think there could have been. Yeah. And I, that's what I, I get very upset. Not upset. I don't know if upset is really the word. I, I just hate seeing cards left on the table, and I feel like there's a lot of cards left on the table with Jay regarding this show itself, and also regarding these mini episodes. Yeah. So. I don't know. There's not much else to say beyond that. No, like, yeah. There's not much else to say. I mean, he's trying. He realizes too late that he's fucked up and he's begging for forgiveness towards somebody who is halfway to the parking lot anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey. They can't all be winners. <laughs> no, they can't all be winners. And they're still worth looking into. Like, you know, I, I they're a bit absurd. Um, but again, I do think that they're worth looking into because I think that they are, they are the attempt at filling in the blanks, whether they do it well, that's debatable. And that's why we have the show and that's why we can pick it apart. But I will say that of the episodes we have watched, we've watched, um, five, we watched like five in a row, a little behind the scenes. We watched like five in a row. I, while I didn't necessarily like the execution of these mini episodes, I didn't disagree with the B-sides that they're trying to, like, show off. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, oh, I get it. I understand why you're doing an episode about this or this dynamic or this this thing. These are genuine things that just were not able to be addressed within the show itself. So in that sense, I do appreciate the practice of it. The execution, ugh. But I do appreciate this idea that they're trying to propose of what do we do if we do provide short episodes regarding some of these things that we just weren't able to talk about in the show? Yeah. So. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, and we hope to give you a full length episode next week. Yep. 
can't quite remember what's going to come up next week. I'll get better at this. That's okay. We're getting back to our schedule. We'll, we'll, we'll learn enough soon enough, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And, well, I hope you're going to enjoy it, but I'm sure we had a lot of fun recording it, and that's ultimately what matters. Yeah. Okay. Latest. Bye. Bye. <laughs>